Joshua, Joshua chapter number 5. Anybody need an outline? Anybody need an outline? Raise your hand and we'll make sure you get one. We'll, ra- we'll run with them right here, William. One back there behind you. One there, right there behind you. Raise your hand real high. We want to make sure you get one. Everybody up in the balcony? Everybody up in the balcony, you got an outline? All right. Make sure you have one there. All right. There we go. Right here, right here. Right here, Buchanan. Here we go. All right. Now, if everybody's got one, say amen. amen. Okay, we are going to... We're going to go back to uh, chapter number 5. We, we kind of hurried through that uh, uh, last week. And so we're going to talk about the ending of chapter 5 and go into the first few chapters of, uh, or first few verses of chapter 6. Uh, we're fixing to go and fight Jericho. Uh, Jericho is the first city in the promised land. Uh, it is the citadel. It is the, it is the Mac Daddy of them all. I mean, the, the biggest, baddest city uh, that they're going to face. It is very intimidating to them. The walls are very high. Uh, it, it is very large, and, and you know, and that's one of probably one of the cities that the, the the first spies saw and scared them to death. Very intimidating foe. All right, a very intimidating uh, enemy. Now, here's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to put in your mind whatever your fight is, whatever your battle is, whatever your enemy is. Is your enemy fear? Is your enemy addiction? Is your enemy uh, lust? Is your enemy anger? Uh, is your enemy temptation for something else? Uh, is it bitterness? Are you struggling with a grudge? Whatever it is, whatever your battle is, everybody has a battle. I don't care who they are. I don't care how long they've been going to church. I don't care. I don't care. It, it, it does not matter to me how, how super Christian or super spiritual you think you are. Everybody struggles with something. Everybody has a battle, and you know your battle. And this is what I want you to, I want you to think while we're studying this and while we're looking at this. Jericho represents your enemy. Jericho represents your battle. Your battle with self, your battle with your flesh, the battle with Satan. You know, he is a real foe. He's not the figment of somebody's imagination. He's not a fairy tale. He is our adversary. Say amen. He's real. So just plug that in. And when you're thinking about it, I don't want you to be thinking this is just a story in the Bible or this is just a historical fact that we're going to learn and see what Joshua did to overcome Jericho. We're going to learn practical things that Joshua did to overcome Jericho so Malcolm can overcome his issue. Does that make sense? So that is very important for us to see. Uh, We're not going to go into the whole chapter because it just it, we won't have time to do that, but we're going to still deal with the preparation factor. We want to fight. We want to go in and, and deal with business. Amen? We want to go take the spoils of war. We want to do all this stuff, but God has to get us ready. And there's still three things that we're going to learn tonight that Joshua had to do and Joshua had to experience so they could experience victory when they went into the city. If that makes sense, say amen. Let's look in. Uh, re, uh, Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 13. Verse number 13. <clears throat> if, you've got, if you found your spot, say amen. amen. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay. Basically saying, Neither. But as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. Now we do know this from our study last week, that this is a Christophany. This is a, this is a pre-incarnate uh, 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 vision or a pre-incarnate uh, appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ here upon this earth. Thank you, sir. Before he came in bodily form in the New Testament as Jesus. Are you all with me? Say amen. This is the Lord. The Lord is coming. He's appearing to Joshua. And then he says this. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and did worship, and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, we're going to continue into chapter 6. This is still, I believe, you remember chapters and verses were put there by the, uh, uh, by the translators for easier study and easier memorization i think that the the conversation continues 
uh, the very beginnings of chapter number 6 is the conversation that Jesus and Joshua had before the battle. Okay? That makes sense. Amen. So we're going to continue this conversation. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, say that with me. See, that's very important. I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. In other words, for six straight days, you're going to march around the city. One time. And seven priests shall bear uh, the ark, the seven trumpets. Let me back up. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day ye shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. So every day they're going to march around the city one time while the priests are blowing their trumpets. On the seventh day, they're going to march around seven times on the seventh day, and then they're going to have a long blast on the trumpet, all right? And it says this in verse 5, And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with a ram's horn, and when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, all of the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Church, say amen. amen. Now, uh, it, is, it has been told if we keep reading, we'll save some time, but if you keep reading, you'll find out that Joshua commands them, they're not allowed to say anything. They're not allowed to speak, they're not allowed to shout, they're not allowed to do anything. They have to, in silence, while the trumpets are blowing, march around the city, all right? And that means something, and we'll get to that in a minute, all right? Y'all ready? Let's study. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for the great crowd that's here tonight. Please, Lord, anoint us. Help us, Lord. I pray that you'll open our minds and open our ears to comprehend your word and apply it to our life. Not just study it, not just hear it, but go do what we're learning. Lord, go apply it to our life. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Before the battle, before we struggle with our sin, before we, before we try to conquer the demons we face every week, before we go into this battle that we have, you know what yours is. We, we, we've already said you need to put in your head, fill in the blank there, whatever your struggle is, whatever your battle is. Maybe it's a, a marriage issue. Uh, maybe it's a relationship issue. Uh, maybe it's a, an issue with your children. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, whatever it might be, I, I don't know. But we all know what ours is, and, and that's all that's important here. Now, before you get up to do that, before you get up to face that battle, before you get up to struggle with that, because I, I would be willing to guarantee that we all have faced those battles, and we all have fought those battles, and we all have lost some of those battles. Can we say amen? There have been times we've lost our temper. There's been times that we've struggled with the marriage relationship. There's times that, 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 that we've had bitterness in our heart and dealt with anger and frustration and, and whatever all of those things are. And, and as Christians, that should not be. As Christians, we should be victorious. As Christians, the Bible says that we are more than conquerors. Are y'all with me? I mean, we, we, should, we should be experiencing victory every day. We should be experiencing God's power every day. We should do all of these things. We should, we should go in and never be defeated. But that's not reality. Are y'all with me? Am, 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 I, am, I, am I telling the truth? Sometimes we fall. And I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid a lot of times we do. Sometimes we try to figure out our financial issues and frustration, and because of finances, we get worried. And because of all of these, we try to figure out how to, how to do things. And, and, and God lays out, oh my goodness, God lays out the perfect, the perfect scenario. He lays out exactly what we need to do to win. Listen, one first thing that we, I want you to see here in, in the end of chapter number 5, in verse number 13. <clears throat> all right, Jericho... Uh, Jericho is here. They're, they're, the, 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 the camp is about two miles from Jericho. 
and, and, and they're, they're ready to go in, they're ready to face this battle, they're ready to face this foe, and, 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 and here we find a private meeting. Write that down in your notes. A private meeting. We find a conversation between Joshua and the Lord. There is a private meeting. Now, why do you keep saying that? Because you need to understand something. Before you can ever stand in public, you're going to have to learn to kneel in private. And the reason most of us fail in the public arena, and when I say public arena, I'm talking about with our battles, with our struggles, with our issues, it may not be, it may not be because of how we're fighting in the public area, it might be how we're fighting in the private area. It might be the time that we're not spending with God. Now, here's the thing. I, I wrote some verses down. Would you agree with me when I say this, that Jesus is our ultimate example of what we're supposed to be? Now, remember, Jesus willingly submitted, and he willingly surrendered his deity or his, his supernatural powers completely to the will of his Father. In other words, he never operated in his deity or he never operated in his supernatural power without express permission from his Father because he lived his life on earth just like we would have to. And so in doing so, this is what he did. Watch this in your verses. Luke 4, 1, 1 through 2. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What happened? Right after the baptism of the Lord, the Bible says the Holy Spirit drove him into the wilderness. All right? Before he performed a miracle, before he healed anybody, before he raised the dead, before he turned water into wine, before he took a lad's lunch and fed thousands of people with it, before he stepped into a graveyard and called Lazarus' name and said, Come forth, Lazarus, before he looked at a dead damsel and said, Arise, damsel, before he did any of those things, the Bible says he went into the wilderness and prayed and fasted 40 days. 40 days. Now, why is that important? The Bible says this in verse 14. And Jesus returned in the... Come on, everybody. And Jesus returned in the... The power of the Spirit. Listen. When he went and prayed in private, he was able to stand in public in power. When he knelt before his father in private, he was able to stand for the people in power. Do you get what I'm saying? Watch this. Watch this. Mark 6, 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to... Mark 1, 35. And in the morning... Rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there, Luke six twelve, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Do you know what he did the next day? He chose his disciples. Before he ever chose his disciples, he prayed all night about it. Do you realize the night? before the greatest victory that's ever been won, the night before the greatest deliverance that's ever been brought, the night before the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, Jesus prayed all night. So what's the point? If we ever expect to have real victory in our life, if we ever expect to overcome the enemy that we face on an everyday basis, we're going to have to learn to have a private meeting with our Lord. And this is what needs to take place. This is what needs to take place in our private meeting with the Lord. If we expect... How many of y'all want to win? How many of y'all are ready to get over what's had you under? Listen... Look what happens at this private meeting. He says, are you for us or are you for them? He said, let me introduce myself. I'm the boss. He uses the, front, the, the, the phrase captain of the host of the Lord. And what that means is, I'm coming to inform you I'm in charge. 
And then he tells him, he kneels, he worships, and we'll get back to that. And he says, what do you want me to do? And this is what he says. This is what he says. He said, what you need to do is take them shoes off. Take them shoes off. You said, oh, it's holy ground. That's right. But there's something significant about them shoes. You see the seed of a person's uh, power and authority. Power and authority was represented in the feet of the people of that day. And the shoes represented that. Do you remember when the woman with the issue of blood, when she came to Jesus, she said, if I, if I could but touch the what? The hem of his garment. Do you remember, you remember when Boaz and Ruth, you remember when, when, when Boaz came to a kinsman redeemer that was closer kin than him? In other words, the person who had the authority over Naomi's property and Ruth, the one who had the responsibility, the power and authority to redeem her. And he said, listen, uh, are you going to redeem the land? He said, oh, yeah. I'm going to redeem the land. He said, yeah, but there's a Moabite woman that comes with it. He said, oh, no, I don't want that. He said, I want to mar my inheritance. He said, well, I tell you what, I do then. So this is what he did. He took off his shoe and gave it to Boaz. What was he doing? He was relinquishing authority. He was giving up his right of authority and power over Naomi's property and Ruth. What's the point? When God tells Joshua to take his shoes off, he's saying, you've got to relinquish authority over this situation to me. When Moses came to the burning bush, he said, take your shoes off, for this is holy ground. You see, Moses had already tried to deliver the children of Israel one time. He already killed a, listen, Egyptian soldier trying to do what God wanted him to do, but he tried to do it in his own way. He tried to do it in his own power. He tried to do it in his own authority. But when God got through with him in the wilderness, he said, take your shoes off, because you can't do my will. You can't do what I'm telling you to do in your power, your authority. You got them shoes have got to go. What's the point? The point is this. You'll never experience victory in your life as long as you're calling the shots. You'll never experience victory in your life as long as you're the boss. You'll never experience victory in your life as long as you're the one in charge. But if you'll ever have a private meeting with the Lord and submit to His authority and bow before Him and take your shoes off and say, God, what did Jesus say in the garden? Not my will, but Thy will be done. What is the pattern of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy. You know what Jesus said in His prayer? And how he wants you to pray, and the pattern he wants you to pray, first thing you got to do is you got you to get out of the driver's seat. I can go back and look at all the stupid things I ever did. I was in charge. All the struggles I had when I'm trying to figure it out. I need a witness. Y'all don't leave me hanging now. And how many times have I been so frustrated Trying to figure something out. And I realize, I'm trying to figure it out. That's the first step, guys. Look, write this down. In that private meeting, in your time alone with God, the first step is submission. The first step is submission. I know that sounds crazy, that the way to victory is through surrender. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. The Bible says, unless a man will deny himself, take up his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. See, the key to victory, guys, is we've got to surrender first. We've got to recognize our captain. We, gotta, we, we, we have got to allow him to be Lord over our life. You cannot, you cannot let him have some of it. And you keep some of it back. God doesn't work that way. You're either fully surrendered or you're not. It, it, it can't be 
you, you can't have you can't have something that's that's almost the truth. You're either surrendered or you're not. Oh, preacher, what if I'm just just a little bit not surrendered? Well, how about I just put a little bit of arsenic in your lemonade? Would you drink it? No. Are y'all with me? Now, I know who I'm talking to, people. And I know what I see in the mirror all the time. And I know those areas of my life that I want to be the boss of. And I want to be in charge of. But you see, Joshua had to fully surrender. Say, I know I'm, I'm, I'm the one supposed to be the boss down here, but I know you're my boss. Are you for us or our adversaries? Nay. I'm the boss. You see, there has to be a submission. There has to be a surrender. Then B, write this down. The very next thing he did, the very next thing he did, look what it says in, in verse 14. He says, And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, uh, 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 Let me say something. This is, a, this is a good point. I almost run past this. I'm glad. Thank you, Lord. There's a lot of people that's got the idea that worship is getting up and singing a song and swaying. Or, or singing, oh, how I love Jesus, or I'll fly away if you're the traditional type. That's real worship. But you know, the very first time that the word worship was ever used in the Bible is when Abraham was fixing to sacrifice his son Isaac. He is there at the foot of this mountain. He's got his son. He's got the wood. He's got the fire. He's got the knife. He's got everything. And he leaves his servants and says, Look, me and the lad are going yonder to... We're going to worship. First time it's ever used in the Bible. There's no choir there. There's no praise band. There's no pulpit. There's no pews. There's no steeple. Well, what in the world makes it worship? You have a, a guy doing what God told him to do. Let me, let me explain it this way. You can come in here and sing, What a mighty God we serve. You can come in say, and sing, Oh, how great thou art. And you can sing it with your mouth, but you've been disobeying God all week and you got a disobedient heart, you ain't worshiping. You're being religious. It's getting real, ain't it? We come in here and, and, and act one way in front of everybody, and then we know we, 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 know we, got, we got in our head that how stupid we're going to be when we walk out that door. Coming in here and singing and going and shacking up. Coming in here and singing. Let I me. Mean, I mean, you say, oh, no, I'm married. I ain't been living together. I ain't done that. Yeah, but you got a grudge against your neighbor you've had for 10 years. How's that any different? Bitterness in your heart. Somebody done you wrong and you didn't forgive them. Now you eat up with bitterness. Every time you see them, you want to choke them to death. You're hoping, you're hoping a tree will fall on them. But then we come in here and sing and think we're worshiping when we're being completely disobedient to God. Watch what it says. He fell on his face. And what did he do? He worshiped. What was worship? His surrender to God. That is true worship. It's not, it's, not, it's not what this world and, and, and a lot of the contemporary movements trying to make, as far as that goes, it's not what the traditional movement's making out to be. That one, one will complain about the other, and the other will complain about the other, and, you know, and, and, and neither one of them are doing what God said. You see, first, there, there comes a submission, a realizing, I'm, I'm letting go. 
I, I, I'm, I'm relinquishing my pride. I'm not in charge anymore. I'm not the boss anymore. I'm surrendering. And then the second thing, right after he submitted, right after he worshipped in his surrender, and that's what the worship was, the very next thing that was said, and he said unto him, read it with me, what saith my Lord? Oh, okay, okay. Are y'all with me in verse 14? Look at the very last line. Very last line. Say it with me. Okay? The next thing I want you to write down is there has to be a requesting or a seeking. Okay, Lord, what do you want? If you're the captain, what are the orders? We're waiting on instructions. We're waiting on orders. Amen? He surrendered, he submitted, and then he requested. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I'm your servant. Here am I. I love the, I love the verse, here am I, send me. Just tell me what to do. Instead of scheming, Instead of trying to figure out how you're going to whoop the enemy that's in front of you, why don't we get on our face before God and say, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. A lot of times we don't do that because we don't want to do what he wants us to do. Anyway, let's hurry. We're enjoying that one, aren't we? And you're really going to like this one. It says, And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy and... And... Tell me A. B. Three. Obedience. Or C. C3, 3C. Once you have received orders, do it. Do it. Just obey. I'm telling you, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself on this deal, but you can go through all of Joshua, and every time God said, do this, and they did it, they won. But then, then this is what happens. It, the same people will not ask him. Don't even, don't even inquire of him. Because they think they got it. We just overcome, we just overcome this big giant and this big, huge enemy with the power of God. And now we got this little one in front of us. I got it. How many, how many of y'all can be honest for about 15 seconds? Some of y'all can't even get it 15 seconds? Come on, raise your hand. I want to see it. Can you be honest for about 15 seconds? All right. How many of you have had a great victory in your life only to turn around and drop the ball? How many of y'all have had a great Sunday that just like God moved on that Sunday, and man, you felt the power of God and you thought you was in heaven itself, and it, you could, it, it just couldn't have gotten no better whether it's Sunday or Wednesday, and then the very next day, <sighs> Do I have a witness? You see the pride that we have to give up to beat Jericho? It don't fully go away. You got to keep kicking it to the curb. Just because you beat your flesh today doesn't mean you're going to win tomorrow. Just because you overcome your issue today doesn't mean that it's not going to rise up and try to fight you again tomorrow. Are y'all with me? And so we can go all through Joshua and find when they submitted and they requested and they obeyed, they won every time. Every single time. And every single time.
without fail, when they didn't ask instructions from God, they failed. Every single time. Do y'all see a pattern here? Now let me ask you this. Just ten more seconds of honesty. Can you trace that back to your failure? Because I can. I can look back and think how many times I just called out to God and said, God, I need help. And then immediately, bam, he just... And how many times I sat frustrated trying to fix it and trying to fix it and trying to fix it and it and just keep making a bigger mess until it dawns on me. I haven't even talked to the Lord about this. Listen, before we stand in public, we've got to learn to kneel in private. We've got to learn to surrender, deal with our pride. Understand that we cannot do this without God. John 15 is so important. He said, for without me ye can do nothing. See, we might as well not even try to face Jericho in chapter 6 until we learn to kneel in chapter 5. So don't even, don't even try to manipulate victory in your life until you learn to have that private meeting and get on your knees before God and say, God, you are the boss. You are in charge. Church, say amen. Number two, there has to be a private meeting. But then look at verse number Verse number 2 of chapter number 6. Well, go back, go back up to verse 1. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. So you have all of the, all of the surrounding villages, all of the surrounding areas. Everybody runs into all the, all the citizens of, of Canaan. All of the... the, the and, and, I don't want to get too much into the end part where, where how they deal with them, but these people were unbelievably wicked. I mean, just unbelievably wicked. And here they are inside of this, inside of this walled city, double-walled city, in this fortified area. And even in this fortified area, they are scared to death. The Bible says their hearts were melting them for fear. And here they are, shut up. They can't go in, they can't go out. They are in a bad way. Are y'all with me? Now watch what Jesus does. <clears throat> watch what the Lord does with Joshua. And the Lord said unto Joshua, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Maybe he's pointing. Joshua. Come on, everybody. See? You know what I believe he was saying? I believe he's saying this. You remember that conversation we had on that side of Jordan? You remember at the ending of the morning period of Moses, when I told you it's time to get up and go over this Jordan? Remember when I told you? That, that every place your foot is going to land, I'm going to give it to you? Then remember when I told you that no matter where you went, you were going to be victorious? No matter where you went, I was going to be with you? No matter where you went, I got this. I will be with you as I was with Moses. Why does he do this? Why does he keep coming back? And saying, look at them. They're like little scared rats. Look at them. You see, this is the deal. There has to be a private meeting. But before we're ever going to win, there has to be a proper mentality. We have to be thinking right. He said, be strong and of, of good courage. In other words, we have to think right. We have to think like a winner. Y'all with me? As a man thinketh in his heart, 
so is he. You know why some of y'all are getting beat up? Because you're living in that mentality. The, re- the reason you're losing all the time is you're thinking like a loser. You're thinking you're going to lose before you ever step onto the battlefield, and that is the problem. You have stinking thinking. Say it with me. Say it again. God wants you to know. Now watch. This is cool. This is cool right here. Get this. Get this. There's a mentality you got to have. You are fighting from victory, not for victory. You say, how in the world does somebody fight from victory and not for victory? When you're fighting from victory, you understand you already won. It's already yours. I've given it into your hands. Does this make sense? You've already won. We're getting beat up by sin when Jesus has already conquered it. We're getting slammed by the devil and Jesus has already whooped him. The battle is won. The war is won. Jesus said you're more than conquerors. He didn't say you're going to be. He said you are. I know what you're thinking. If we are, why am I getting my eyes beat out? Right? Because there's a problem. Believing something and wanting to believe something is two different things. How many of you how many of you had parents? How many of you had parents that was teaching you how to swim? And maybe they were in the water, whether it was a pool or a pond or whatever. And and, and you're on you're on the dock or, or on the deck of the pool and, 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 and they're they're in the water like this saying, I'm gonna get you. And you want to believe them. Come on, I got you. Come on, I got you. And you can, you're looking right past their arms into that dark water. I'm preaching to somebody today. You're wanting to believe that you're a victor. You're wanting to believe you're more than conqueror. I know the Bible says that, preacher, but I just... Right? Watch this. Two things. Two things. I'm going to help you. I'm, I, I'm, I promise you I'm going to help you. First, there's a description. First, there's a description of a proper mentality. What kind of mentality do we need to have when we go into battle? <clears throat> Remember that you fight from victory, not just for victory. The Christian soldier stands in a position of guaranteed victory because Jesus Christ has already defeated every spiritual enemy. John 12, 31. Jesus defeated Satan not only in the wilderness, but also during his earthly ministry and on the cross and in his resurrection and ascension. As he intercedes for his people in heaven, he helps us mature and accomplish his will. And if God be for us, how in the world are we going to lose? I know, I know. We do. You see, preacher, you can't talk out both sides of your mouth. First you're saying that we can't lose, and then you're saying we do lose. Well, let's put it this way. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. So what happened? What happened? The same thing happens to us that happened to the Israelites when they got to Kadesh Barnea. Same thing. We get to the promised land. God says, go get it. I've given it to you. And we look and all we see is giants. And all we see is big old walls. All we see is the impossible. We do not see the promises. All we see is the obstacles. And we fail to believe God. 
He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. And we cower in the closet in fear, afraid we're not going to be able to take care of our family, afraid that we're not going to get over this issue, afraid we're not going to conquer this addiction, afraid that we're not going to ever fix this situation in our life. When God says, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. When God says, you're more than a conqueror through him. Amen? So, what's the problem? Is the problem that he can't? Is the problem we don't already have it? No, the problem is, is we don't believe it. Because of their unbelief, they had to go back 40 years in the wilderness and wander around. And some of us, in our Christian life, in our Christian walk, we're in the wilderness, trying to survive on manna, when there is milk and honey on the other side of the Jordan. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I know all this stuff, preacher. I know I'm supposed to believe. I know I'm supposed to have faith. And I know I'd have a lot better life if I had more faith. But I just don't. What do I do? That's B. How many of y'all want to have a winner's mentality? How many of y'all want to get up in the morning and think, bring it on? I know, I know, you know, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? We've lost so many times, we don't even think that's possible. We, 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 the devil has fooled us so many times. The devil has won in our lives so many times. When I said that, you didn't even act like that's a possibility. That we could actually get up in the morning and take on this world and say, bring it on. Because I'm more than a conqueror. You didn't see Jesus walking around in frustrated fear? You didn't see Jesus timid and, and shy away from the demoniac of Gadara? You didn't see Jesus sit there and scratch his head and figure out how he's going to feed all them people? I love what it says. He asked the disciples, how are we going to feed all these people? And they say, I don't know. But the Bible says he already knew what he would do. You may tell you how he already knew he would do. You may tell you why he was not timid. You may tell you why he walked around in power. It was because that private meeting with his father. He Say amen. amen. Now, now, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How many of y'all believe the Bible? Okay, okay. Are we all on that? Now watch. How do we develop that kind of mentality? How do we develop that kind of mentality? How, how do we develop the kind of mentality that says we're going to win every stinking time? Every time we get up, we're going to win. How do we do that? Look here. Look here. B. Victorious Christians. Victorious Christians, the ones with the mentality that we're more than conquerors, are people who know the promises of God. Underline that. They know the promises of God. Very important. Underline that. You have to know what God said you have. You have to know what God said you can do. You've got to know who you are in Him. Are y'all with me? My people are destroyed for a lack of Let me tell you why so many Christians are getting their eyes beat out. Because they're ignorant. And that's not, that's not like a slang or a, you know, a derogatory. Ignorant means they don't know. They don't know. Listen, victorious Christians, they know the promises of God. Why? Because they spend time meditating on God's Word. Meditated on God's Word. Turn with me to Psalm 1. I didn't have this in my notes, but it's just come to me. Turn with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Quickly, quickly, quickly. If you can find it back there, if you can't, don't worry about it. Psalm 1. First word is blessed. You look that word up, it means happy. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and that law doth he. 
doth he? Y'all remember, y'all remember. I'm not going to go into that because y'all laughed at me last time I tried to explain that. Because I tried to explain it in a way you'd understand. Meditating means, you remember the, the cow chewing its cud? In other words, it brings up pre-digested food. He's done read it before. Now you're thinking about it. Now you're contemplating on it. Now you're running it over in your mind. What's the point? You're not going to know God's promises by speed reading. You don't get credit for how many chapters you can read in a day. Are y'all with me? The, listen, the power of God's Word doesn't come when it just, just flows through. The power comes when you start reading it and meditating on it, thinking about it, letting it, let it, let it simmer a little bit in your brain and letting it think about it. and how, let it, It'll take an effect on you. Somebody say amen. But in His Word, does He meditate day and night? And you know what? He should be like a tree. What kind of tree? A prosperous tree. A producing tree. A tree that his leaf is not going to wither. He's going to be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. What does that mean? There's going to be an eternal source. You're not going to run out of energy. You're not going to run out of power. You're not going to run out of supply. Why? You're connected to the river. Amen. You see... Victorious Christians are those who know the promises of God. And, and the reason they know the promises of God is because they've been meditating on God's Word. They're not so busy they run through the week and then try to find their Bible on Sunday to go to church. Well, preacher, you don't understand. I'm too busy to read my Bible. Then you're too busy. Reading your Bible should be like tithing. Man, I need my whiteboard right now. How many of y'all, how many of y'all was, okay, we're good. How many of y'all was here a couple years ago, and, and this is what I did. This is what I did when it came to tithing, putting God first. Here, now, is there, now, follow me with this. I don't have my whiteboard, so you've got to have a good imagination, okay? All right, here's, here's our, our bills, right? We get we get our we get our, our our check we get our finances whatever and here's 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 our bills tell me some of them all right we got mortgage uh, a power bill water bill electric car payment phone bill cable y'all acting all spiritual and you're like yeah come on food now that would be right here for me that'd be right. All right, so wait, here's what we do. Here's what a lot of Christians do. We go through the, we go through the list we've got to pay, and if there's anything left, we try to give God some. Right? Now watch, watch how this operates. Everything above the God line, you're responsible for. After the God line, He takes care of. So, what would happen if we put him first. Seek ye the kingdom. And then everything after the God line, that's his problem. If I put God first in my finances, my power bill's his problem. My grocery bill's his problem. My, my insurance is his problem. Because he said if I put him first, he's going to take care of me. Now watch, watch how that applies, watch how that applies to your day. You got, you got this, I got to go to practice, I got to go to the school, I got to go to work, I got to go, 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 I got to go. And then if I have time, and usually you don't, God's going to get some of it. Everything above the God line, guess who's responsible for trying to get it accomplished and done? But guess what will happen if you'll do like Jesus did and get up a great while before day and start your day out with a private meeting? Mm. Everything below that line, he's responsible for making it happen. Now, I'm going to tell you this by experience. I didn't read this in no book. I didn't get this at no conference. I'm telling you this by God's honest experience. 
There's been days I didn't have hardly anything to do, just a few things to do. And I was just too busy to pray and talk to God and read my Bible. And it was one of the most frustrating days. I didn't get nothing done. And I only had two things to do. And then there's been days I think, Lord, there ain't no way I'm going to get this done. Hey, the financial deal, too. I mean, I've, I've, I've said, Lord, how am I going to do this? How am I going to just bam and turn around at the end of the day with time left over and I'm looking, wait, am I done? To explain it, I can't explain that. I can't. All I can say is he's the captain. And if you will start putting him first in your life, He'll take care of that schedule. He'll start taking care of them problems if you'll put him first. But he's got to be first. Y'all with me? Let's watch. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <clears throat> because they, now watch. Now, no, 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 what, what are y'all flipping? Why are y'all flipping? Go back. We're not through. Watch. They know the promises. Because they spend time, come on, people, I got seven minutes. Because they spend time on God's Word. And because they're meditating on God's Word, then they, they believe. They Now, why do they believe? Because they've been meditating. Watch how this works. This is so great. Watch, watch. Faith cometh by, and hearing by. What, is that, what does that mean? That means when you spend time in His Word, it does something on the inside of you. It begins to generate faith. It begins to generate belief. It begins to generate confidence. It begins to generate assurance in God that He will do what He said He will do because if He did it for them, He'll do it for me. Somebody say amen! And I'm telling you, we don't believe because we've been neglecting God's Word. We don't have faith because we've been neglecting God's Word. We're not being conquerors and more than conquerors because we're neglecting God's Word. If you will get God's Word and take Him at His Word, you'll win every time. You say, how do you know that? Because you're fighting from victory. You're already a winner. You just got to believe it. Amen? I'm not enjoying this even if you ain't. <clears throat> Watch this. Watch this. Then they believe the promises of God because the Word of God generates faith in their hearts. And they reckon on these promises and obey what God tells them to do. To reckon means to count as true. In other words, just taking God at His Word and that God will do what He says He will. Be of good cheer, Jesus told His disciples. I've overcome the world. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Now is the judgment of this world. These are all verses. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. What does all that mean? Christ has conquered the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we reckon on this truth. We can conquer through him. It's possible to believe a promise. Now here's the, here's the key, guys. It's possible to believe a promise and still not reckon on it and obey the Lord. Believing a promise is like accepting a check. But reckoning is endorsing that booger and catching it. Come on. He says, G Peter says to Jesus, can I come out on the water? He says, come on. You know what he did? He stepped out of the boat. He cashed it. Amen. Hurry, 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 hurry. Now you can flip. Now watch, now watch. This is probably, I, say, I don't want to say it's, it's more important because they're all important. But we have a private meeting. Then we have a proper mentality. You've got to start thinking like a winner. 
because you are a winner. But you're not if you don't think like one. You've got to have a right mentality. You need to wake up in the morning and, 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 and the Lord will tell you, You're a winner. I've overcome. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to get up and do that in the mirror. In the mirror, because that person looking back in the mirror is going to be doubting, and it's going to be struggling. You all jacked up right now, but you won't be in the morning. Right? And as soon as you look in the mirror, and that ugly face is looking back at you, you say, see? Am I the only one that struggles sometimes after a great service? You need to tell yourself. Listen, if Joshua needed that reminder from the Lord, so do we. Amen? Now watch. Number three, there is a provided. Say it with me. A. Say it again. That's so important. That's so important. Watch what, watch what J. Hudson Taylor said, missionary to China. <clears throat> he said, there are three different ways to serve the Lord. Now, I'd be willing to bet just about everybody in here, including myself, we're, we're all about one and two. Watch this. What are three ways to serve the Lord? Number one, make the best plans we can and hope they succeed. How many of y'all have done that in your life before? Come on, be honest. All right, the well, second way, make our own plans and ask God to bless them. That's like, that's like taking, that's like taking a, a Krispy Kreme donut and say, Lord, bless this to my body. Make it nourishing to my, you know. Turn this into a carrot on the way down. Now, how many of y'all done that? Come on. Make a plan and ask God to bless it. Now, asking God to bless it is a good thing to do, but this is a better way. Guys, number three, let's all say it together. Ask God for His plans and then do what He tells us to do. You say, why is that a better plan? Because He's always right. Amen? Now watch, 54 seconds to give you four, four points. Let's do this fast. All right. God's methods, God's methods, A, they usually defy reasoning. What does that mean? The way God does things usually don't make sense. They just don't. God will call you to do things that just, what? Can you imagine Gideon taking 300 guys and some torches and he's fixing to face the, the, the Midianite horde of people that they were like grasshoppers scattered across and had more camels than you could count, and he's going to win with 300 people. Can you imagine Can you imagine all the bookies on the side of the hill taking bets on David against giant? What kind of odds do you think he had? That don't make sense. He's a, he, now, this is what they said about him. David was a youth. Goliath has been a soldier from his youth. That don't make sense. What is God thinking? Was it, what We got one little lad's lunch. Don't you see all these thousands of people? Y'all see the correlation here? <laughs> Look at this verse. Boy, this is true, isn't it? Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Matter of fact, he says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Romans eleven thirteen. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How, how are his judgments and his ways past finding out? What, what does that say? Just don't try to figure him out. Job said it this way, Job eleven seven, Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty under perfection? 
It is as high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell. What canst thou know? In other words, you're not going to figure God out. You're not going to figure out why God does what he does, when he does it, how he does it. Quit trying. Because the things that God does, and most of the time, the methods that he uses defy reasoning. Are you all with me? Say amen. B, they not only defy reasoning, but they usually test the believer. The methods that he uses usually test the believer. He says, listen, guys, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write these down. Uh, Guys, I want you all to do this. I want you all to send out the armed men first, and then I want you to send seven priests that are blowing trumpets, and then I want you to uh, have the Ark of the Covenant, and and then I want you to have everybody else behind them. And I want you to march around one time each day for seven days and keep your mouth shut. Let me tell you what the hardest thing about them instructions was. I don't want to hear nothing but the trumpets. Now, what kind of, what was that about? What was that about? You know what the Bible says about a man who can control his mouth? If he can bridle his mouth, he can bridle his whole body. And what he's saying is there, you need some discipline. And sometimes God will request things from us to teach us discipline. And there's another thing, too, we can learn from this. Keep your mouth shut. How many of y'all would have stayed out of trouble in your life if you just learned to keep your mouth shut? You know what God was testing? You know what God was testing? He was testing patience and faith. I guarantee you, when they come across that Jordan River, I guarantee you they was jacked up. There it is. Let's get it. Let's go. We got it. And you know what God's saying? Keep your mouth shut and march till I tell you. And don't say a word. Don't say a word till I tell you. Seven days. And on the seventh day, march seven times. (laughs) Let me tell you, the hardest instructions from God usually are, wait. God tells Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a boy. But he didn't tell him when. So it took so long, they decided to help God out. And now we have ISIS. That is completely biblically factual what i just said the bible says that group is going to be a pain to all the rest of them around them listen it's not a good thing to try to help the lord out if god tells you something just trust him and be patient How many, of y'all, how many of y'all are like your preacher and you get frustrated because we're in a hurry and he's not? I want him to hurry up and fix my problem. I want him to hurry up and solve my issue. When God says, I can and I will, but I'm going to do it when I want to do it. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Mary and Martha? Come on, Jesus, hurry up and get here. Listen, Lazarus is sick. Come on, man. I seen you heal the blind, and I, I seen you heal the lame, and I seen you heal all these. Hurry up, he's going to die. And he dies. And everybody thinks God is late. But he's right on time. <laughs> Boy, I want to run around this building right now. Listen, usually the methods of God will defy reasoning, and it will usually, listen, it will usually test 
the believer, their faith and their patience. Then, then, then see, write this down. Hurry, 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 because we're late. <clears throat> What's the first word there? Say it again. Say it again. It always will require faith. God will never ask you to do something or tell you to do something in a way that doesn't require faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. The just shall live by faith. Are y'all with me? They had to believe God. Then lastly, this is why he does all that stuff the way he does it. That stuff that don't make sense, the stuff that doesn't make sense, that defies reasoning. The methods God will use always. What's that first word? Say it again. Results in God getting the glory. Let me read this. Let me read this. 1 Corinthians 1.26 For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. You remember Gideon? You remember David? You remember the little lad's lunch? Y'all with me? The base things of this world and the things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, read it with me, that no flesh should glory in his Why did he say mark seven times and on the seventh day seven times blow the trumpet and I'm going to drop them walls? So everybody in the world will see it was a God thing. So nobody but God could get the glory. Whew, man, we need some more time. Anyway, we're going to take up right there next week. All right, so be here next week. Church, say amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for the study. Thank